And we're back on the KYMN Morning Show. Joining us now in our studios is Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Thank you so much for coming in. Good morning, Jeff. It's great to be here in the, uh, is this called the Studio B, maybe? Yeah, sure. We'll go with that. We haven't really figured it out yet. (laughs) We don't have all the bugs worked out, but we're working on it. Excellent. Yeah. It's part of progress. Yeah, it'll be a whole lot better next time you're in. <laughs> you had a school board meeting. We did. We actually night. had two school board meetings last night. Two. Technically, yes, because it's the first uh, meeting of the calendar year. So we start off with uh, something called the organizational meeting. And so the organizational meeting is for the board to elect its own officers, uh, to set a number of um, things like the official school attorney, the official school newspaper, setting things like the mileage rate. So uh, we had our organizational meeting last night to begin, and uh, for the first time in seven years, we will have a new board chair. So board chair uh, Julie Pritchard uh, announced at the beginning of the meeting that she uh, was not going to seek a nomination to uh, continue as board chair. Julie's been the board chair for the last seven years and been on the board for more than a decade, and she'll, of course, continue in her role as a director. Uh, We have a new board chair, and I'm really proud to share with the community that Claudia Gonzalez-George will be the new chair of the Northfield School Board. So as soon as Claudia was uh, elected uh, unanimously by the board, uh, Julie and Claudia switched spots, and and Claudia began sharing the meeting from there, and uh, so that's very exciting. Uh, Amy Gerwitz will continue as vice chair, Jeff Quinnell will continue as treasurer, and Noel Stratmone will continue as clerk. And so we're very excited. Claudia was elected to the board in 2020. Uh, she's a former teacher uh, from a, in, in another state. Uh, she has children in our school, and Claudia has been an outstanding board member over the last uh, year and a half. And we're just really excited to see where she'll lead us uh, as board chair you know, over the next year. So really thrilling to have Claudia step into the role of chair. Yeah, that is uh, different, a transition a little bit, but I would imagine that's going to be pretty easy because the because of all the experience that you do have on the board. And I just want to uh, uh, just commend uh, Julie Pritchard for what she has done through not only seven years as board chair, but also you mentioned over 10 years on the school board. She's done a great job. Yeah, and to be clear, she's, gonna, she's continuing in her director role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I do think it's worthwhile to share the accomplishments that, you know, Julie has had as board chair over the last seven years. Um, you know, I, I, as the superintendent, I work very closely with Julie, um, you know, talk with her multiple, I talk with the chair multiple times a week, just updates and, and discussing uh, topics. And, you know, Julie's been an exemplary student-focused leader. She's been responsive to families. She's been incredibly supportive of district staff. If you think about it, during her tenure as chair, we passed an operating levy, we passed a bond referendum that resulted in the new Greenville Park Elementary School and the other associated elementary projects. Um, she's helped us maintain an excellent financial situation. Uh, she has helped us uh, think about advisory committees and how we bring the public's voice into our decision-making uh, in a more robust way. She's responsible for helping us get our legislative action committee back off the ground and engaging with our legislators in St. Paul. She's been committed uh, and a champion of our anti-racism work in the school, making sure that we really are preparing every student for lifelong success. And she's been a champion of amplifying student voice, and she's been really uh, integral in our work with the District Youth Council. So those are just a few of the things that Julie Pritchard has led uh, as she was board chair over the last seven years. And I echo your statements. The community was very fortunate to have her leadership in that role. And as she turned it to Claudia, she explained how excited and the confidence that she has of what the board will accomplish accomplish under Claudia's leadership. 
All right. So I knew uh, a little bit of a new era begins, I suppose. Uh, let, let's move on. One of the things that uh, one of the big things that uh, you, you did last night was uh, uh, involving the middle school roof. And you, you'd mentioned that before you we went on the air. And it's like, did they need a new roof already? It's been 20 years or so yeah, since you know, the middle school is. It has been 20 years. And, you know, I, I, there was some patchwork done after that, you know, uh, really large hailstorm, I think, in 2006. Um, you know, I, I think if I'm a person in the community, I might say, 20 years for a roof, shouldn't you get more out of that? And we agree. We actually think we should have gotten more out of it. Uh, the, the roof did have a 15-year warranty, um, so that has uh, elapsed some time ago here. And we, as good stewards, one of our uh, commitments, our core strategic commitments is stewardship. And one of the pieces of stewardship that we do for the community is to make sure that we take care of our buildings. And this is not very exciting, but for those listening who understand this kind of thing, taking care of the building envelope is of the most importance. So making sure that we have quality roofs, that we do things like tuck pointing. You want to keep water and all that kind of stuff out of any building business. As we all know, once it gets in, it can be very damaging. Uh, so we did go out for bids for the middle school roof. Uh, we did get um, a successful bid. We're going to be working with uh, uh, Schwickerts and Tecta America for the uh, middle school roof project. The total cost of that roof will be just over $3.2 million. And I, I do want to share for those uh, folks who've been paying attention to inflation, uh, when we got an estimate that was really a, a quality estimate based upon a lot of current trends several months ago when we were planning for this, it was about $400,000 less than what the low bid on bid day was. Now, we had built that in. We had planned for that uh, because we know that the costs of materials and all these other things are going up. Uh, it's only January 11th, and we already have this scheduled because in schools, there's such a short window. We will be doing some work at the end of the school year, beginning in April. They'll be coming in after school to do some of the preparation work, and then it will really begin in earnest once students are gone. Um, but there will be some construction, depending on materials, number of things, just before the end of the school year, again, outside of uh, the school day. Uh, but that does concern all of us for what we're seeing just in terms of inflation and the cost of materials and things like that. But the good news is uh, Val Murdestorf, our, our finance director, and Cole Nelson, our director of buildings and grounds, had anticipated this. They had built some of that into our planning. And so uh, we will start that this summer. And again, Things like roofs, you know, you'll, people will see it while it's being done, but it's not the kind of thing you think of every day, but that's a really important way of taking care of the resources the community has entrusted to us. Yeah, you're right. That can really go downhill in a hurry with a, a leaky roof. Uh, boy, that is a, uh, you know, you look at that price tag, it's a spendy thing, but it's not going to get cheaper next year, not likely. <laughs> No, and, and the good news is that we use a, a program called the Long-Term Facilities Maintenance Program. So that's money that we are already getting from the state. It's designed to help maintain buildings. Actually, former Senator Kevin Dahl was the author of that bill that really made a big difference for schools. So typically, you'd go out and bond for this roof, but we're able to bond for the roof. And instead of passing that along directly to taxpayers you know, through our annual levy, you know, we'll be using our long-term facilities maintenance revenue to pay that bond. And so, of course, long-term facilities maintenance revenue is funded by taxpayers, but it's existing funding that we're already getting that we're going to be putting toward that roof bond. Superintendent of Schools, uh, Dr. Matt Hillman, is with us. Uh, Matt, let's talk about charter schools. Yes. You are a... Uh, I think the only, maybe one of two, one of two uh, yeah. uh, uh, school districts in the state that uh, does uh, authorize charter schools, and you have two schools. Uh, they gave reports last night. Tell us about it. Yeah, so we last night, they, uh, Prairie Creek Community School and Arcadia Charter School gave their annual reports to the board. 
And so director of uh, Prairie Creek Community School, Simon Tyler, and Laura Stelter, from uh, director from Arcadia Charter School, were there to report uh, about their programs. And, you know, they shared the journey that they have gone through through the last uh, year with some uncertainty with the pandemic and how they've responded, the kinds of things that they have focused on, talking about their strategic plan. Uh, we talked about Prairie Creek. We, we just signed Prairie Creek to a new five-year contract. We approved that last year. That was great. And so always good to hear from our charter schools uh, about what they're doing, how they're serving students. And we are only one of only two charter school authorizers in the state that are traditional public schools. And in many communities, unfortunately, the relationship between the charter schools and the public, the traditional public schools, because remember, charter schools are public schools. But the relationship between charter schools and the traditional public school can a lot of times be at loggerheads because there's some perceived competition. And Arcadia and Prairie Creek certainly make our school system better. They make our community richer. Northfield has public school choice built into its DNA. It's, it's just it's just something that our community expects. Um, we're very proud to be able to authorize those two charter schools. And I, I want we also did just get word in late December that we have been renewed as a charter school authorizer for the next five years. It's quite a process to go through the author, authorizer performance evaluation system. Uh, we initially started that process in August of 2020, and we just completed it uh, here in December. Uh, and so we are uh, re, re, we've been renewed as an authorizer for the next five years. We're very excited to be able to authorize Prairie Creek and Arcadia. The reports last night did they uh, did they report on the progress of students and the yes. performance and how did that uh, how did that go? So as we as we see, we've seen a lot of interesting dynamic with uh, how student performance has uh, gone during the pandemic. So there were no MCA tests in twenty in twenty twenty. So what we saw is both Prairie Creek and Arcadia really performing very well in reading, and they both outpaced the state average in math, um, though, of course, we know mathematics scores across the state went down in 2021. So, again, the other part with Prairie Creek and with Arcadia is that they also really embrace project-based or um, uh, experience, experiential-based learning. So it's a little bit of a different pedagogical approach to how uh, Prairie Creek and Arcadia teach more from a project process. And so their student performance is measured and reported in a number of different ways. Uh, they do take the traditional MCA tests, and again, and, and both schools did very well in the reading, and both schools outpaced mathematics as well. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman, is our guest uh, this morning here on the KYMN Morning Show. Uh, Superintendent Hillman, anything else from uh, last night's meeting or anything going on within the school district that you'd like to mention while we have you here? Well, we should probably talk for just a couple of minutes, unfortunately, about COVID-19. Sure. So uh, as everyone knows, Omicron is here, right? If you've been watching the county case rate, uh, it went up over 740 per 100,000 residents on the seven-day average yesterday. Uh, and we are no different. Remember, schools are a microcosm of their community, and we have a, a tremendous amount of mitigation uh, strategies in place. So as you know, we've been doing universal masking the entire year. We have a strong testing program that we've talked about, and we've just expanded that in the last several weeks to offer some at-home rapid antigen tests. We'll be beginning a test-to-stay program very soon uh, where students who are don't have any symptoms but were considered a close contact to someone who had COVID-19 and they're not vaccinated, they haven't had COVID, but they would have had to have quarantined at home and don't have any symptoms where they can test twice during what would have been their quarantine period and they can stay at school. We finally have the resources for that. Uh, we are just doing our due diligence in the final preparations of that program, and we'll be uh, sharing that specifically uh, yet this week. But we are seeing the, the numbers go up in our buildings, and this is not shocking. 
nearly every expert predicted this over the last several weeks about uh, the Omicron wave. They're talking about being a shorter wave compared to previous uh, variants. They're talking about a three to four week component. Um, but we have seen a, a significant increase in the number of cases that we have in our school. Um, so right now, our, over the last 14 days, uh, we have a total of 218 active cases. Um, that's a lot more than what we've had in the past. You know, The good news is that we've had a lot of parents who have kept their students home, so quite a few kids didn't even come back from winter break because you know, we did have, uh, we distributed over 1,800 BD Veritor rapid test kits during the winter break. And a lot of parents took advantage of that and tested their student before they came back. And so we had a number of students who had tested positive who didn't even come back to school um, after winter break quite yet. So what I just, we know that the pandemic is having another surge. What I want to share with the community is we take student safety very seriously we also have more tools than we've ever had before to uh, fight the pandemic with vaccinations. We actually ordered some high, even higher quality masks. We've been using masks all year, um, but we did order 37,000 KN95 masks. They're not the medical grade respirator, but they are something that is better than uh, a general surgical mask. Uh, those are things we're going to be, we got the first shipment of those in yesterday. Uh, we're going to be making those available to students and staff who would like those. They can be used more than uh, one day at a time if you're able to keep them clean. So we're tr we have all of the mitigation strategies in place. So we're continuing to watch the situation. Um, we know um, that our goal is to pr uh, prioritize uninterrupted in-person learning. Um, our staffing is going to be one of the biggest things. With that, do we have enough staff to effectively run the school? Right now, we're, we're doing okay. I'm not going to say it's awesome. Uh, I'm not going to even say it's good, but we're, we're making it go. We're reassigning people within the district um, who are able to substitute when we don't have enough substitutes. So that means someone who might have been normally teaching uh, small groups of kids reading through the day, they may have to be reassigned to a general education classroom, things like that. So I want the community to know that we're doing everything that we can to be able to prioritize in-person learning while also making sure uh, that we are creating as a safe of environment as practicable. And we'll keep uh, the community informed if there are any changes here over the next few weeks. But uh, we've always been transparent about the pandemic situation here at Northfield Public Schools, and we'll continue to do so. All right. Superintendent of Schools, uh, Dr. Matt Hillman, we can all kind of knock on wood. We actually have wood to knock on here now. So hopefully no more things veneer, will, yes. <laughs> well, hopefully things will uh, uh, start to improve in the, on that front. Anything else, Matt? Uh, I, I, we always could have more, Jeff, but I think that's enough for today. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, and My we'll pleasure. see you again in a couple of weeks. Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. It's 830, excuse me, 735. Rich is coming back.